showing mercy, which is not something you would expect, I guess. It's just out of out of British soccer. No. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's not like they've received much over the years. Yeah, yeah. I was enjoying last night staying up uh, a bit too late watching the. Oh, uh, that's right. These are these are evening games for you. These are evening. So we're talking like oh. the uh, the or sorry, Korea and Mexico. Korea and Mexico started last night at around like ten o'clock. And then after that was the German game, and that started at 2 in the morning. And boy, did I want to go home, but uh, the Germans were indoctrinating me. They needed another They needed another representative. So as an honorary citizen, did, I had to root. Did they win? They did. They did. Oh, that's right. They scored it like the last second. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it was a beautiful goal, by the way. Um God, Sweden. Who are they playing Sweden? Thank you. I was like, you know, it's one of those, one of those Nordic-ish countries. What do you call it? Sweden. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it was a fun time. Yeah, I had a really good time. Um, but uh, boy, wow. Yeah, way too late. So that is a problem. But the Chinese don't care. The streets yeah. are filled with cars. Like everybody is going to the bars, going to their friends' places. They got the big screen set up. Everybody is watching these games. And that was interesting to me because, like, we the last World Cup was during our service, and it was interesting to me how into it, oh yeah, folks got in China. And it's funny because, in actuality, in China, you know, football or soccer for oh, our the, American the, listeners, dude, the, 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 they play less soccer in China than we do in America. Exactly, and that's why it's weird to me. It's but it's coming on faster. I feel like in China, it's definitely growing more and more in popularity, faster than it, well, it, it, it has it, in the it's US. Gro- it's growing as a spectator sport, but they're having a hard time like getting kids to play it. But they don't have the infrastructure for it. it it's yeah. I mean they they do have the infrastructure or they have the capability for it, but there hasn't been like a push to really, you know, set up. You know, minor soccer leagues, major soccer leagues, like getting it into schools, getting more like kids, right, getting young right. talent into um, into the sphere of you know soccer slash but, football. But like when I think of you know international soccer and why it's so popular, it's like kids playing on whatever flat surface they can find and like threading the ball between backpacks for a goal. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And like that's just not a thing culturally in China. Like they're gonna grab a basketball. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they'll grab a they'll grab a basketball and a ping pong paddle before that. I mean, it's just yeah, exactly. You know, it's just yeah. the way it is over here. Uh, okay, hey. Anyways, um, I think we came here to talk about something else entirely. We but, did. Uh, we let's, did. Let's go ahead and jump into this. So, uh, welcome everybody uh, back to another episode of Thought Suey. This is Greg. This is Michael. Obviously, uh, we've been away for a little bit, but uh, you know, we, we we got things to do. I think we mentioned this before, and we got no apologies to offer. We're, we're busy people. Yeah. Other things pay better than this. Yeah, like like Frankly. jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we are here to discuss a a topic near and dear to our little hearts, which is the uh, the musical. <laughs> why, why did I start with musical? I started thinking of the I don't holiday. Know. I started thinking of the holiday special. Oh God, don't get me started. Oh on that. no. Now I, I can't. I can't even. We're not going to go down that road. We're gonna. We're here to talk about the Star Wars universe. Why it matters. Yeah. And why uh, it's taken so seriously, and why we may need to take it a little less seriously. Mike, what's your uh, what's your exposure to Star Wars? What's your Star Wars story? Uh, I still distinctly remember the first time I ever watched a Star Wars movie. 
I was five or six years old, and Empire Strikes Back was on television, and I think I had just lost a tooth. So I was, like, sitting on a dining room chair with an ice pack on my tooth. The, the, the tooth popped a little early, so I had an ice pack on my Ooh, tooth. Ouch. And I was just, like, watching Yoda drop wisdom on Luke. Were you, okay, so wait, were you, like, jiggling it or something? Were you trying to manually get that tooth out? Yeah, I was I was playing with it more than I should have been. Classic. But mistake. I I just I just remember the the mouth was hurting, the ice was on the mouth, and Yoda was dropping knowledge. Yeah. And if you were on any kind of uh, medication, you were like, man, that is some deep knowledge. Not prepared for that I mean, movie. W- when you're like five or six years old, it's you know it's pretty deep stuff. Hey, even at you, you know, hey, even at thirty, some of that some of the stuff he goes into is pretty deep. Yoda himself is actually a pretty complex character in a lot of ways. But, he is. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you're like 900 years old, that'll happen. Yeah, yeah, indeed it will. And look as good you will not. <laughs> oh, when 900 year old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Just, just everybody, go ahead. And for, I'm, I'm just going to say this up front, uh, not to cut you off, Mike. I just want to say this up front. First off, if you haven't seen um, the movies... Um, or you haven't seen any of the offshoot movies, including uh, Rogue One and Solo. I mean, this is going to be a word spoilers. It's a long way of yeah. saying spoilers. We're going to talk about everything, okay? So, except not about Solo because Greg has not seen Solo yet. Honestly, though, I could care so, less. Spoil it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I care. I want to see Solo, but I'm not. Yeah. You know, actually, Solo is Solo could actually be spoiled. Really. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. All right. So, well, all right. So, so I'll I'll, I'll say this now, just because this won't give any spoilers away. It's a heist movie. Okay. Like it's just a heist movie. Okay. So like, there's lots of twists and turns and who's playing who and all that. So like, there 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 are spoilable moments. So this is the heat of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, it is. You know what Star Wars could really use more of is. Heist movies? Uh, well, obviously, I know that your reaction to this film was pretty positive. Uh, but I no, loved it, man. People are sleeping on it. I was going to say more Al Pacino. I mean, really, I, I, life in general needs a lot more Al Pacino. I, I feel like he's just been he's been too quiet for too long. We need to get him in some Star but, Wars movies. So w- what would he play in a Star Wars movie? Whatever role he plays in... You can just... Make him a he drug would just lord. play El Pacino. Make him, make him a drug lord. All right? He would have been actually really good as the Benicio Del Toro character. Oh, and uh, yeah, in Last Jedi. I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. He was the, the dude yeah. that was in the cell. Yeah. He's like the lock the lockbreaker. Yeah. He would have yeah. been good at that. Yeah, the key, yeah. The, yeah, the, like the key master, the lockbreaker, the, the coder yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, he would have been pretty good for that. I just, I like the idea of like raging... Scarface, Al Pacino being like, you know, instead of instead of the whole Jabba the Hutt slug thing, just just make it a dude who's got a cool voice and uh, is good at really yelling at people, yeah. you know, and like getting, Actually, the, there, foaming at there the are mouth. a couple of characters in Solo that he could have been really good as. All right, so yeah. all right, well, you know, go ahead and uh, like get into solo a little bit like i i know i know it's this that's now solo well, is the most right, recent so one it is and and it's the like the origin solo or the origin story for han solo right 
Okay. Is, is kind of the point of it. It's also the origin story for the Han Solo Chewbacca friendship, which very good. Um, okay. It begins with Chewbacca wanting to eat Solo. So, you know, all friendships start on solid fundamentals, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a, yeah. That's a powerful message to send. It really is. It uh, really is. And I don't um, know what it means. You know, you just kind of throw things out and you hope it sounds deep. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but beyond that, though, it's just like it's a heist movie in the Star Wars universe. You meet Lando, like you see how Han Solo and Lando meet for the first time. Um, but the thing that I loved about it was so. So we got like this new trilogy going on that, in a lot of ways, is like reinventing the Star Wars universe, right? Right, and adding new, more modern themes to it. Which is probably a good thing if you want the franchise and the stories to survive. But a lot of people who were like raised on the originals don't like that it's... They say it's like not faithful to the originals, right? Right. Solo is the most faithful to the originals they've had, but it still doesn't feel old. And I think they can only do that because it is, it is the origin story of so many characters that you already know. Okay. So you don't have to make them act like old and new and different, right? Because it's not, you know, 20 years down from when you last saw them. You're watching all these characters that you love come into themselves. And so it's a really natural setting for them to do all these callbacks. But they do them in really, really cool ways. So, like, um, it, it, you know, like the soundtrack in Empire Strikes Back when they're, you know, dodging all the asteroids and getting chased through the asteroid belt? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so the, but I can't, the, there's a section. Mind, but I know what it is. Yes. If I hear it, I yeah, immediately but, know I'm in the asteroid yeah. field. Well, and, and, and so you will hear that while they're threading around some asteroids in this movie. They go back to that soundtrack cue. Right? So it's, it's, and so it's, 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 it's little details. Like, so when I said like it made me feel like a kid again, it's because they put little things in it that were like, instant time machine yes right and that's and and that's the best kind right there because some of them are really in your face and and it's not to say that the score isn't because you know the score of a film i think is never given enough credit because what you said is absolutely correct uh, okay the score of star wars is given a lot of credit i i I mean yeah of course it's given a lot of credit as far as like praise and everything but i mean when we think about callbacks or, or something that's supposed to tickle your nostalgia senses, usually a sure. movie will throw out a line or a sight uh, right. gag or something that well, makes but, you go, oh, but, you know. Like, in Rogue One, actually, this was something that kind of annoyed me about the movie. Like, there are a lot of things. Like, they ran into those two guys from the bar scene in the first movie, the... Uh, the dude who's like, yeah, and, oh, they, I don't and like they weren't like CGI'd quite right. Yeah, it was it was kind of bizarre, you know the 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 uh, the black the weird uh, the dude who got his arm chopped off. Yeah, and the guy with the butt mouth. Yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> and like so these two guys are just walking in the street, and I'm like, okay, I get it because they were in the you know, I mean, it's that it, kind but, of thing. But is it's annoying. all because it, they're trying to force it. Like the galaxy is supposedly massive. Like, what are the chances these two goons keep showing up every you know, like? At some point, we start figuring out there's somebody's spy, and that's why they're all around. Like, exactly, kind of but that's and that's my but, point. Like, it, I think a much more tasteful and a better way in general is incorporating like a tune or something that uh, that's from oh, the yeah. originals, you know. And the, and like that asteroid belt theme is so recognizable, and it's it and is it's well, and it, it, it's recognizable, and it's tied to like one particular moment. Yes, because like obviously they all use the same theme song. 
you know. I still, when, like, the new Star Wars movie comes out and we go and watch it, and that first, you know, Star Wars theme hits and the scroll starts, I still get a little goosebumpy. Right. But beyond that, it's like, okay, I get it. Like, you're playing the Imperial March again. Like, woohoo. You know, it's it's you so often, it's kind of meaningless. Yeah. But just that, like, these little cues to, like, no, this piece... This little piece of music went to that scene and only went to that scene. And now there's a similar scene with similar characters. And it, it wasn't very much. They just cued it real quick. And it mm-hmm. was just like, I felt like they were giving me a little nod. Like, hey, we see that you recognize that. Here you right. go. You know? Yeah. Um, which, which is a little, like, it was a movie made for the old school loyalists. Right. Right. Because, like, to be honest, it wasn't adding much to the Star Wars universe. So it wasn't taking it any new places. Which is like, actually fine Hey, guys, we've me. been... Well, it, it's fine by me, and I think it's in response to the new trilogy. It's oh. a little bit of like, hey, guys, we know you're taking your childhood and messing with it. Here, here's a cookie. Yeah. You know what? So, <laughs> so condescending it sounds. Here's a cookie. Enjoy it. Here's a cookie. Enjoy We're that. screwing with en- your... Screw- enjoy yeah. that tasty we're, we're, solo we're, morsel. Yeah. Yeah, we're taking artistic license with your childhood. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, okay, so you know what? We're kind of already diving into this, so let's let's just start with this. Why is this franchise taken so seriously? I, I want I kind of want to jump into that first because that's where we're sort of heading. I, I, I feel like both of us need to like go lie down on a couch and explore that ourselves. You know it's, what I mean? This like, is like yeah, seriously, we need to talk to a therapist about it. Um, yeah, it's but that but that's exactly what you just said is perfect because you need to almost sit down and lie down on the couch and let out your thoughts on it because part of the reason and I think the main major reason why uh, these films are taken so seriously to the point where they're scrutinized endlessly by you know real critics and people who put videos on YouTube. Yeah, it is fundamentally. Uh, attached to our sense of identity in a way for, yes. for a lot yeah. of people particularly Americans um, this is it's a f- part of the reason I believe it the franchise is mostly failing in China but we'll get to that at another time it is well it, it actually the, the, there's there's a, a point I want to make on that when you watch Star Wars as a kid you fall in love with it right if it's been hyped to you your entire life but you didn't watch it as a kid then you watch it as an adult People's reaction tends to be like, "What's the big deal?" Right. 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 And especially, it's, it's, so, it, it's something that gets into you during like formative years. Yes, it, it's that's part of the reason. I think part of it is because you see it as a child, and it's it's this classic tale of good and evil and space and everything. And it's just, and it was also with that. It was also one of the first movies. It came out. It came out at a time where. You know, now we've got a summer blockbuster every two weeks. I mean, it's remarkable to me. Like, in the past month alone, you've had, or month and a half or whatever, you've had the Avengers, you've got Solo, you've got um, another comic book movie that I can't remember the name of, you've got, um, what's the most, oh, Jurassic Park, or Jurassic, what's what's the franchise? Jurassic Fallen world, Jurassic dinosaurs world, run. Dra- yes, Jurassic world, dinosaurs run kingdom. free again. Fallen kingdom, that's what it's called. Yeah. So yeah, it's another dinosaur movie. But I mean, you've got you've got one of these. I mean, they've got an assembly line, pretty much. You know, rolling yeah. out the hits. Back when Star Wars came out, that wasn't a thing. You know, people right. people didn't have. Oh, it, it, 
these blobs to do a trilogy was like to do a trilogy was super ambitious. Oh, that too. I don't now. I don't think they started it uh, expecting to do he a did, trilogy. He did. Okay, Lucas uh, did. They, yeah, Lucas from the beginning was like, this thing's a trilogy plus. Like, I got books. Okay. I got, you know? I got books. That's but, a, but like, that he went to line. the studio, and the studio's like, we'll try you on one and see what happens. You know what I mean? Right. And then but, that one now, turned like, out to be a, a yeah. massive, massive. Exactly. Massive but, but now you go to a studio, you're like, hey, I've got an idea. It's already proven because it was a comic book or it was a this or a that. And uh, not only could I make it a trilogy, but really the last part could be split in half. So let's make it four movies. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they just, they draw things out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh god, yeah, don't get me started on that. But yeah, the, the, the splitting of the last movie into like two halves, I just... Uh, yeah, yeah. The cash grab is strong with these companies. But it um, is. But, 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 but I, I, I think that's why, like, our parents' generation got Star Wars. Right, which is key to why it's so powerful in our generation, because to so many of us, it was like a movie that, like, our parents handed us. Right. Oh yeah, right? yeah. It was so like, like a passing like, of the it's torch. Like, it's like it's exactly. So it spread initially, um, and so that's what made it sort of so ubiquitous in our generation. But I don't know that our generation. I, I still feel like it's more significant to our generation than it was to our parents' generation. And what? Okay, I, I might agree with you, but how so? Is it just because it's something that you share in a way with your parents? I think it's something you share with your parents, but I think it's also because it was already out in VHS. The toys were already developed. Like, True. Because it was already so ubiquitous when we were coming up, and this was before the reboot trilogy. It was a constant set of characters. Yeah. Right? Things weren't changing. And with those characters came, like, you know, we're talking about Yoda dropping wisdom. With the characters came, like, some actual, like, no shit guidance. Right? Right. Like, you know, being an 11-year-old telling yourself, do or do not, there is no try. Like, there there are worse bits of advice to give yourself. Oh, yeah. Right? Most definitely. And, and, and so I, I think to a lot of people, lessons and stuff that were embedded in those movies and the whole concept of the Force, which is, like, straight-up Buddhism, like, it's Zen... Yeah. Um, but, like, it, it wasn't just good and evil, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, there are tons of movies with good and evil. With a lot of the same people, there's Indiana Jones that was good and evil. Sure, but the, the main, the main construct, the, the, the foundation is, you know, the, the classic good versus evil. But there's enough, it, it, there's enough the, thrown there's in there. There's depth to it. Yeah, there's yeah, depth it, to it's it. It's like good, it, it's good versus evil with a little bit of a user manual thrown in. Sure. Yeah, right? yeah, right, exactly. And... and well, and, all right. So, so like, think like in Britain when they're taking their census, people now sort of infamously put Jedi down for religion. And like, oh, but like, man. I would kind of argue that like to a lot of people that serves a similar purpose. There's some sort of gui- guidance. There's some sort of answer for what happens beyond this plane we understand. And critically, at least at that point, it was incorruptible. Right. There True. was no preacher who's abusing children somewhere you have to apologize for there's no you know nobody was politicizing star wars and they weren't making new movies and rewriting the damn thing and so it was like the most stable sort of like moral compass that a lot of people had 
I is suppose just, so. like it was like very very reliable, and, and right. I, I think people turn to it to various degrees. Like some people, you know, get super into like the practice of lightsaber fighting and form clubs around it, and it becomes like a really huge part of their life. Some people just kind of think back on advice Yoda gave every once in a while and go like, oh yeah, that's some good advice. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. stable. And I sure. think it's a big part of why... Let's be honest. Like, episodes 1, 2, and 3, while they were really poor quality, they didn't shake up, like, the universe too much. Right? They didn't. If there's any credit that I can give to uh, the prequel movies, or they did really try, it seemed like, to kind of set up a different universe. Like, the universe that was before the original trilogy. Well, we're- and right, but but the same but the same user manual transferred. Yes. Uh, well, it didn't shake up people's sense of. Well, there were I technical things of that. like, oh, there's this new way that their universe works, but it wasn't like it wasn't changing lessons you could take out of it. I suppose I suppose that the user manual, so to speak, does sort of apply to those movies. But if I think back, because I did I did kind of rewatch one. Well, Rewatched what I could. It's very hard to get through those movies. Um, there's not really a lot going on, you know. Like I feel like in the original trilogy, there's you got not. so close to these characters because you really felt for them. You really wanted them to succeed. And in those prequels, sure. it's almost like there's a completely different cast every movie. You know, I mean, like you had these uh, yeah. main main characters in Episode One. Then, you know, Qui-Gon dies, which too bad because Liam Neeson's fun. Uh, and then in the yeah, second he, movie, I, yeah. he's out entirely. And then Anakin is basically, now now he's a grown-up, so he's basically a completely new person. And yep. it's... Obi-Wan it's, has grown up a lot. Yeah. Obi-Wan grew up a lot, but you don't really get to like see any of like what made them who they were. And I don't know, it's just, the, uh, you know what... It's hard for me to even talk about those movies or to say that they have anything in common with the original trilogy just because the feeling that I get when I watch the original movies, and again, this could be the bias of nostalgia, but when I watch those films, you actually feel like you're kind of going on a journey with these characters. Because like what you just said, there's a stable foundation. And also, Luke doesn't go from a six-year-old to a 30-year-old. He's, yeah, he's kind of a bratty high school kid in the first movie, but you can keep up with him enough to watch him grow up as the movies yeah. go on, you know? It's not but, a you know, it is, change. It, no matter how long you watch Luke grow up, he never goes to Stasi Station to get those power converters. God, you are right. Man, he was late on that. The entire trilogy is just like one errand run gone bad. I don't want to digress. Yeah. I get, I, I get what you're saying, but nothing that happened in one, two, and three like countermanded lessons that people might have drawn from the original trilogy, right? Well, except for the Yoda stuff, I don't think that countermanded anything. I I am of the mind that Yoda in those prequel movies, because Yoda, when you first meet Yoda. Like, the big reveal of him in The Empire Strikes Back is one of the most genius things I think have ever ha- that's ever happened in a movie. Because yeah, Luke it's, is off to find... It's a lesson in humility. Yeah, well, it's, it's a lesson in that the Force is bigger than a lightsaber. The Force and yeah. the Masters, the Jedi Masters, are bigger than this whole, 
you know, uh, fancy scenes with laser blasters and laser swords. Yeah. Well, the, the, that the line wars don't make one great was like the reason wars not scene. make one great. Um, you know, I don't believe it, you know, and that is why you fail, you know, and all this other stuff. Like he's, he's so intelligent and so wise and everybody considers him a master to the point where like his power should be beyond this whole, it should be above and beyond I, like, like that whole, that whole thing where he's having to use a lightsaber to fight, uh, you know, wh- whoever the hell he fights in the second movie. And, you know, he's having Christopher to Christopher Lee. Yeah, Christopher Lee. Thank you. Christopher Lee, Saruman. When he's having to fight Saruman in the second movie and he's jumping around all over the place and doing kung fu action kicks. That was comical. That was comical. It, it, it doesn't line up at all with anything you would, would expect from his character because the impression that the original trilogy gives is that he is above all of that. He's, he's a true master. He's, he's uh, uh, attained abilities that are above the trivial, you know, fights with swords, you know? So in the, so seeing him in the prequels kind of act like a kung fu master and being all over the place, it's, yes, it's before his exile on Dagobah, but I still wouldn't imagine that he would be that different. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I guess I sort of took it as like that was when he was learning those lessons. Yeah, but I mean, what's the difference between being 870 years old and 900 years old? I guess a lot happened in those 30 years. I mean, years. if you're involved in a, you know, galactic war, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And watching when, your when, you're, entire... when your entire order is destroyed, maybe yeah. you're like, hmm, maybe we had something wrong there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have made every single Jedi be celibate and, yeah, l- little things like that. Yeah. yeah. Luke yeah. may have been the uh, first Jedi to actually get it right. But then again, he never hooked up with anybody. What's with all this celibacy? In the extended series the of books, in the extended series of books, he does. Does he get busy? He, he gets busy. Oh, man. Skywalking. That's what he's doing. Oh, and Princess Leia and Princess Leia becomes a Jedi, and she clearly got busy. So, yeah. Oh, oh, that's another. Well, uh, nope. We're getting in. Uh, we're getting out of our our <laughs> thing here. So you know what? But this is this whole conversation is a testament to the whole to the fact that people take this stuff so seriously. And and again, it's because we're we're so attached to these stories. And um, we're, we're attached to the stories because of what they mean to people. I think what they mean to people is some level of stable guidance. Right. In the same way, you know, the, the Bible is significant to people because it is a stable source of guidance. It's like it's like, like a it, moral compass presented in media form. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I, I think that this is like way blowing it out of proportion, but I still think the analogy is kind of apt. If somebody wrote a sequel to the Bible, I don't think everyone would be pleased with it. Because it's like, hey, this is my stable moral compass. You can't write part two. Right, right. Is that kind of like what the New Testament was? Or was the New yes, Testament and, a reboot? No, the not, New Testament was not, a reboot. Not, ev- not, everyone bu- not everyone bought into that. Yeah, exactly. It was, that was the <laughs> New reboot. Testament was the second. Uh, yeah, it was a reboot series. Oh, man. Um, That's actually really funny to kind of think about it that way. That was like the first version of uh, rebooting a franchise is the uh, the New Testament. Yeah. Well, and then, the then it got and then it got rebooted. It got rebooted again in the Quran. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They just keep doing it. Oh, I hate what they did with God in this version. He's so he's not not nearly <laughs> as like he's not nearly as like pompous and arrogant and like violent. Like, right. Man, yeah. This, this franchise yeah, sucks. Exactly. I'm going to switch to uh, Islam. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> this New Testament, they made God so soft. Oh, man. I, you know, this, this might actually be an idea for, like, a film franchise or, or a yeah. documentary, the rebooting of religion. Oh, so, that's a documentary that will get you death threats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't worry, but, we're not you know, that, Star Wars, But, but we're Star not Wars sequels also yielded death threats. So. It, it's true, because people take it seriously. Yeah. So People take um, it a little seriously. So before we get into uh, the part that would I follow that, I guess, I kind of want to get into why Star Wars still matters. Because to me what's interesting is, you know, we're talking about the majority of what we've been discussing is those original movies. Because those are the ones really, if you think about it, that are the ones, th- those films are what have had the longest lasting impact that started this, it's not even a film universe. This is beyond film. It's in it's in toys. It's in books. It's everything. You know, and it was all started in this film franchise that started forty years ago, which is pretty flabbergasting to think about. You know, I mean, it's like what film from forty years ago still has that sort of impact beyond The Godfather, Jaws. Well, and I don't even think. Godfather maybe comes close, but not in the same way. But not in the same. But you're right. No, you know, no movie has come close to, to having I mean, the, the Godfather. Godfather's maybe not a movie to draw guidance from. You know, it's not a movie to draw guidance from, and it also isn't a movie that uh, spawned toy lines, expanded universe books. There's <laughs> that a, would have been hilarious. Actually. There's not a there's yeah there's uh, not a there's not a Godfather expanded <laughs> universe edition. Thank got, God. Got my Fredo action Father. figure now with cheek. Cheat kissing action. So I guess I, I'm curious, like what what is it about this franchise that makes it still important to this day, particularly the new films? Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? The fact that people draw some sort of guidance, like life guidance, I think, is a big part of it. Um, but I think it's also sort of the motivation for why these this last batch of movies is different. Because I also think there is a sense... I mean, the world has changed a lot in 40 years. And there might be a bit of a sense of, you know, those lessons maybe don't apply anymore. That They're starting to get dated. Then when you change them, the people who are resistant to that concept are like, no, you can't change my, you know, code or whatever. It's like, well, you know, the code kind of needs updating. Yeah. Um, we don't live be, in that Because world a lot anymore. of what... Yeah, we don't live in that world anymore. A lot of those old lessons are, like, really naive now. The example I, I can think of right now off the top of my head is like that one of the constant refrains in the original trilogy was like, trust your feelings, right? Trust your feelings. Do what you think is right. Yep. Which is, I mean, that's that super very, that very right? first and, uh, movie when and, and, they're going down the Death Star trench and he tells him, you know, turn off your it, uh, Obi-Wan comes to Luke in a voice, you know, you don't need your targeting computer. Just go with your feelings. You know, just go with your feelings, with which your like, feelings. you know, it's, it's cool and it's empowering and it's, you know, if you think it's right, do it. But like you take that out to a you know far extent. It's like, hey, you know what? If you feel like vaccinations are wrong for your child, go with your feelings. Like, go with there's, your feelings. <laughs> there's kind of go, go with your feelings. Like if, if you think the earth is flat, go with your feelings. Don't like don't don't th- listen to the extensive amount of research done by people who have invested time, money and their lives into with yes yeah, yeah. well it, i mean because if you think about what he was telling luke to do is like luke you are on the most important mission 
ever to save the lives of all of your friends, you know what you should do? Take this complex targeting computer offline and go with your feelings. Like, yeah. that's some weird-ass advice. Trust trust the man you met uh, two days ago who was howling at sand people. <laughs> like, you <laughs> yeah, know. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> and, yeah. And, 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 and since died, and now you hear his voice in your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go with that over, over the oh, targeting computer. That is a dark, right? dark way to look at those films now. Is that is it was right? Luke yeah. really just schizophrenic the entire series? <laughs> like oh, Luke was man. schizophrenic and he just took a lucky freaking shot, and now he's <laughs> rebooting a dead religion over it. Oh um, my god, that's but, frightening. But like then, but then look at the new series where, and actually the most recent movie in, in Last Jedi, like the most interesting storyline in that to me was Poe Dameron. We're told Poe Dameron's like, yeah, I think I know what's going on and we're going to do it. Like, we're going to do it right now. And then, like, bad things happen and people have to come to him and be like, hey, dumbass flyboy, sit down. Yeah. Like, we got this. True. I know you don't agree with it. Maybe you don't know everything that's going on. Sit the hell down and shut up. Yeah. Know that's your true. Place, that's true. I team. hadn't actually, I hadn't even made that connection before because you're absolutely right. He gets put immediately in his place because in the beginning that's actually a really good thought I've never I've never made that connection when I watched um, Last Jedi because in the beginning of the movie he goes and does that crazy thing where he attacks the uh, um, whatever I don't I can't remember what the cap the, it's the a massive mega star destroyer it's thing a capital ship it's a big capital ship right and he goes in with this whole like basically a suicide mission and at the end of it is like at the end of it, it's like, cool, you killed it, but good job. You just took out our entire strike capability. But what's, like, yeah, and what's interesting about you're that an is idiot. I think about how I felt when I was watching that as a viewer. I'm like, oh, man, classic Star Wars. I'm loving it. This guy's going with his gut. He's going out there, going for the goal, you know, and, uh, and you know, these bombers, they take out the Star Destroyer. And, and you as a viewer, you're excited. But then... You're like, yeah, got it. Yeah, and, it's, and it takes you back to that old feeling, those movies, those original films gave you. But then... Like in the next scene after, and then Princess Leia walks in and smacks you in the face. Yeah, exactly. It smacks him in the face and also smacks you as a viewer in the face when she's looking at that screen. I remember yeah. that distinctly. She's looking at the screen at all the fighters that are down and how many people they just lost to take down the ship, mm -hmm. and and then it immediately makes you realize, you know. Okay, trusting your feelings is good, but uh, sometimes you have to look at the bigger picture. And you really, and yeah, maybe like sometimes of, you have to take in the input of people who know something. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's uh, that's well, a fascinating. The, the, the interesting thing, because there was that little bit where it was like, all right, we're kind of like challenging and correcting some of the lessons of the original. Right. And then there's the entire thing with Luke being like, dude, like these Jedi were freaking full of themselves. Like I'm not into this. Right. Which is you know I'm I'm checking out like the Jedi made all these mistakes. Yeah. And, and, like, going pretty, I think, sharp into, like, the criticism of the entire concept of Jedi. Right. That was made in the original movies. But it's it's kind of cool to me that, like, who do they choose to correct that old stuff? Princess Leia, General Leia, and Luke Skywalker. And then, like, they bring the ghost of Yoda back to just kind of say, like, yeah, but, like, there's you're right, but there's middle ground. Like, buck up. Just through the entire you know reboot so far the challenging lessons have come from the same characters that brought us the original lessons that are getting challenged right and, we, and so you're watching them age and get smarter and it's kind of a recognition of like hey those lessons you drew are from like 23 year olds let's check in with them now that they're 70 and see what they say exactly
Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that's really part of what makes uh, the franchise so powerful is to see that change over time. And, you know, and that's yeah. part of... But, but but a lot of people are resistant to that change. Exactly. And that's, and again, that's why, why the last movie, uh, I noticed, especially for, uh, when I say the last movie, I mean uh, The Last Jedi. The last uh, canon, I guess, movie mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. But um, it seemed like when it first came out, it was getting a lot of praise. I, I definitely remember it was, you know, a highly rated. Most, you know, critics were excited about it. And, you know, it, it was there was a lot of big changes, but it was mostly praised for that. And then kind of like in the months after, I noticed more and more people are just talking about, you know, actually, that movie kind of sucked. I mean, it didn't, this didn't make any sense. This was stupid. Da, 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 da. And I rewatched it. And actually, I gotta admit, um, I rewatched it in China, and watching that movie in a Chinese theater made a lot of things click in my head as to why this means so much to some people and means so little to others. Um, yeah. When I was watching the film, this the, okay, this doesn't really have. Uh, much to do with why it still matters, but I think it's a fun tidbit I'd like to share with our listening audience. So, when I saw this film in China, uh, The Last Jedi, like, even though it's definitely its own movie, it draws very heavily from, it, it embraces a lot of new, but it draws a lot from the past to make the the more emotional moments really make an impact, Okay. Yeah, like definitely. like you know Yoda coming up and burning down the the uh, tree that held the sacred Jedi books and Jedi texts, which was which is probably my favorite moment, by the way. Yeah, oh when, god, like, Luke is all outraged. It Yoda's was like, hmm, read them, did you? <laughs> yeah, page turners. They were not. Yeah, that's a great I, I, line. Yeah, I, I'm. I might have been reading too much into it, but I saw that as like a dig into fundamentalism. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like. You know, no, I don't my think religious texts—they take all my. It's like, oh, okay, so you've read them in depth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I don't think you're overthinking <laughs> hey, it. I think it, that's scholar, are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyways, something I noticed is that you know, in China, these movies are received in a totally different way. In fact, in a lot of these movies, like The Last Jedi, didn't make a whole lot of money here. I don't even think it broke um, the hundred million dollar. Which, no. again, is, for those who aren't experts, this movie not making $100 million in China is something of a failure. Um, when movies like Resident Evil... There's a lot of people there. It's pretty easy to make a lot of money. A lot on, of people yeah. in China. Movies are popular, particularly American action movies. And when movies like Resident Evil clear 100 mil, no problem in China, there's something wrong when something like Star Wars doesn't. Okay? So, yeah. and I think I realized why... When I watched Last Jedi here. Number one, Americans, like we were just talking about, this film series, particularly the original trilogy, it's ingrained in our DNA. Like it's a formative movie. You watch it as a kid and you fall in love with it. China never had that. They didn't. And, 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 and to watch any of the other ones, you have to understand the language that was established. In you have movie. to understand the language that was established in the original movies, and you have to understand the characters that were established in the uh, movies. When, and to give you a prime example, during The Last Jedi, these little text boxes came up next to the major characters. 
So I found this to be fascinating. So during the movie, and this doesn't come up in the American version. It's only in the Chinese version. In the were they giving you, like, brief little, like, Amazon X-ray bios exactly. as they were introduced? So, like, so when... Uh, That's amazing. When uh, Princess Leia came up, when, her, when she had uh, her first time on screen, a little text came up saying, General Leia, she became famous uh, during the wars uh, to destroy the Death Star and da-da-da-da-da and all this other stuff. And, like, giving a recap of what happened in previous films. And then when C-3PO came up... That's really up, smart, actually. It's smart, but... And then when Yoda came up, Yoda comes up in the middle of the movie. Now, for me, when I watched that movie the first time, I had no idea that Yoda was coming. And when he came up, I go, yes! You know, I was excited. Oh, that's like like applause in the movie theater. Oh, man, yeah. I'm not one of those people who claps in a movie, but I'm going to admit I had had a couple of drinks during my first viewing of uh, The Last Jedi, and I kind of wanted to clap. I was really... uh, and And it was not only Yoda... But it was also the Yoda that I fondly remember, which is, you know, got his little walking stick and going, <laughs> you know, and laughing like a little yeah. ass. And and he's he's just great. When he comes up on screen in China, it's just silence because nobody knows who the People hell Yoda like, What's is. up with this little booger looking Yeah, character? yeah, like who, yeah, exactly. And like, so when Luke comes up, he has his own little biopic right there that you got to read real quick while he's talking. Then when Yoda comes up, and he's spouting off, you know, this semi-humorous, semi-wise dialogue with Luke. You also have to read the text of who he is. Because most people don't know. I mean, he wasn't even in uh, right. Episode 7 at all in uh, The Force Awakens. Luke was barely in it. He right. was in it for like two seconds and he doesn't say anything. So, mm-hmm. it, it was it was just interesting to me. Uh, this is, again, this... When we talk about why this film franchise still matters... I think it matters more in our side of the world than it does in oh, obvious. China, yeah, clearly, particularly. But um, yeah, so I just thought that was a fun little tidbit. Well, it's also kind of interesting too, just because so much of the Star Wars philosophy is drawn from Eastern philosophy and religion. Right. Yeah. Certainly, you can see that, it all that, over. That it has historically not resonated in Asia. Actually, no. I think it's I think it's fairly popular in Japan. Uh, it's popular. Oh, definitely popular in Japan. Uh, it's kind of popular in Korea more so than it is in China. But um, okay, it was just China. China wasn't really watching Western movies when the first trilogy. When came the out. first trilogy came out, movies weren't a thing in China. Um, and then when the prequels, exactly. when the so that's prequels came out. They, I mean, they. I think they came out in China, but they were not really. Again, movie theaters weren't really widespread. Movie theaters weren't right widespread in China until seriously until about like the past ten years, ten twelve years, and yeah. now they're on every street corner and it's easy to get tickets. You buy them on your phone, you go, and all that. But right, which is why I think the Marvel series has picked up there big more time. so than Star Wars because the the rise of the Marvel movies coincided kind of came with the rise of movie theaters. Exactly. You are 100% on the money. That's why those movies when they come out over here there's lines, you know, at the movie theater. They're like people they're huge. They're yeah. huge. They've got figurines outside the uh, outside like at the windows on the display outside of the movie theater. They've got, you know, people walk, running around with Iron Man uniforms and everything. It's huge. Whereas Star Wars, they tried very hard to sell it to the Chinese, you know, the, the Chinese people, but it just, it just hasn't caught on. And again, 
it, because the no, Avengers, I mean, it, it, it's, just, it's just built on such a huge base. It of is knowledge. Yes, exactly. And the Avengers, China has been fortunate enough to basically be there from the beginning. You know, uh, following right. the first couple of Iron Man movies, I mean, China's you know multiplex industry kind of exploded, and they got to. The Avengers is essentially the way that uh, Star Wars is important for us as children and everything. The Avengers is that way for China. It's interesting, yeah. And and, and I could definitely see how you could draw. I mean, because there are a lot of lessons built into the Marvel movies. Oh sure. Oh and yeah. So I definitely see how there there could be a similar, you know, level of significance to people, especially you're growing up in a place where uh, you know formalized religion. You know, it's, it's coming back, but it doesn't have the same significance. Right. So to people who are looking for, you know, a stable set of lessons, you know, a, a user manual, that, that makes sense that they could, you know, get a Star Wars-like level of resonance. Sure. Yeah. And they're from, and they're from movies that are a bit more current. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, that on yeah. top of it. You, you recognize the world in Avengers. Yeah. Oh yeah, when I watched uh, that second Captain America movie, boy, I recognized a bit too much of the world than I wanted to. But uh, that's a story yeah. for another time. Yeah. So um, maybe that's why Americans are digging the uh, Star Wars alternative universes. Start start looking at the news, and you're going, "Hmm, space. Let's go to space." Yeah, let's go to space. But then I watch uh, the Force Awakens, and that whole scene of. Uh, General Hux giving that hate speech in front of a lot of people that are all just eating it up, you know? Yes, uh, yes, yeah. the, the Imperial Mussolini. Yeah, uh, that stuff, that stuff yeah, still that was, hits that was close. That was fairly on the nose. Yeah, <laughs> fairly yeah. on the nose. Yeah, it was about as subtle as an elephant. So, um, I jotted down a couple of notes here of why this film franchise still matters. Uh, so I just kind of want to take them off real quick. This is a huge movie franchise, and it is not afraid to take risks, which I really appreciate. You see a lot of franchises like, um, I hate to cite this, but it's the first one that comes to mind, the Transformers movies, okay? Those movies make a bajillion... (laughs) Definitely not risk-taking movies. No. they, They make a bazillion dollars. You can afford to take some risks, but each one of those movies... Although I've only seen two, I'm, but I'm sure, uh, based on what I've heard, the other ones are all exactly the same. Yeah. You know, but then again, there's, I mean, it's just, that's just one example, okay? This movie, like, uh, franchise, The Last Jedi came out and totally sort of, you know, that whole user manual we've been talking about, it essentially just threw it out the window and took major, major risks in storytelling and uh, in character development that I was not expecting at all. And some of it I liked, some of it I didn't like, but that's part of what makes it so great. It's divisive. It's not afraid to, you know, make the fans a bit vociferous, I guess, you know? It, it makes it makes it so that you really have to think about it. I, I think what they're specifically, I mean, they're, they're challenging, you know, the original concepts of the movies, but by extension, they're challenging the fan base, right? Right. Where like the, the, again that like the Poe Dameron thing was like, they're they're taking these lessons that people grew up with, and then kind of saying like, hey, let's watch it fail, right? Like, what do you think about that? Let, let's let, like you said, like let's have Princess Leia like smack you in the face and challenge you to the camera, right? 
and, which people are obviously going to be resistant to, but that is a huge risk. It's a huge risk. And some people are resistant, but some people, myself included, like it. Not only like it, but love it. Because if you sort yeah. of keep tapping the same well, you're going to find that the Star Wars well maybe doesn't go that deep. If you look at just kind of the original structure of the movies, you know, like... Yes. Well, and, 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 and something, too, I'll say, too, the because the Extended Universe book series became a... I mean, there are... Oh, yeah, there, there's huge... The yeah, yeah, yeah. The novelization of Star Wars You know, is, official... Uh, yeah. Massive. And, and, and they were official canon, and there are no longer, but to me, always near and dear. But when you go into those, they challenge the hell out of it there, too. Right. Right? Sure. So, like, when they... When, under Lucas, they started really drilling down into, like, let's find more material in star wars they really quickly found a dry well and started making things darker they started um introducing villains that you could actually kind of relate to a little bit and start kind of making you know the the black and white morals of the original trilogy you know they started finding a lot more gray area and so they did actually sort of have to challenge the lessons and the books to really get anywhere right Um, which is you know kind of interesting um, and that's actually uh, something you just one of the scenes you just mentioned that whole uh, Princess Leia slapping Poe Dameron in the face kind of thing um, another reason why this film series matters great great lead roles that also include women and I know that's not and, my, and minorities and minor oh yeah absolutely I mean, w- 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 and, and, and we're, we're grading this on the Hollywood curve like let's be honest yeah well of course I'm you know you look at those movies there's still if you really want to be representative of the demographic of the US for example okay the movie should be or the know, world or the world in general the movie should be 50% women and I guarantee you I haven't done a count of the characters in the movie but I'm sure the majority are male it ain't 50-50 yeah 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 so but but, but just this last one you've got you have a general and an admiral who are women right and both of them are strong arming the fighter jock down mm-hmm. so that's cool yeah um, they, they had a lot of that but I, I think to kind of build off that and link to the previous point, why it matters is they are taking those risks. And I don't know if you've been following this or if it's made kind of the internet circle from where you are in China, but there's like fan beef over that. Fan beef over... There are people really resistant over uh, having more women in leadership roles in the series. Um, I'm blanking on her name, but the the Asian-American woman oh, who became Rose, the main character... Rose. Rose, Rose, Rose. Yes. like there's beef over Rose to the to the point of where she had to shut down her social media. She was getting so much harassment. Wow, right? And there's like there's a semi serious petition for the fans to remake Last Jedi the way they want to see it. So like, starting to see that hey, like some of the Star Wars fan base are dicks, you know? Uh, yeah. But what's happening is like what's happening is the director of the film of, of Last Jedi. I'm blanking on his name. Um, and Mark Hamill, they're going on Twitter and like trolling these idiots. I I have them. seen a few of the uh, Mark Hamill trolling idiots on Twitter. Uh, yeah. comments. He's Mark you know, Hamill's a, a he's a great a troll. He's a gym, is what he is. 
He is a diamond he's, in the rough. He's fantastic. I, he's I, I like Mark. Possibly, possibly a little psycho. Possibly, possibly. A little possibly. Psycho. He's the one who but. brought the Joker to life in animated form. Uh, he's he's got a little bit. That's of a, a that's a good point. A crazy side to it. That's him. a good point. Um, but 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 just seeing that is like okay. Not only are they willing to take risks in making the movies, but after they make the movies, and you know now I'm going to call back to the lessons of the original trilogy. They made a decision with their feelings. They did what they thought was right, and they're just going for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. They're saying like, yeah, minorities in movies. Yes, we need a, a female general and a female admiral. Like, yes, we do it. Oh, I'm sorry, fan base that we're all relying on for the financial success of these. If you don't like it, go kick sand. And we will tell you that publicly and in social media. We will shame you. Right. Right. And that's, I think, pretty important. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I 100% agree. And no, I honestly did not know that there was so much beef over there being female it's, lead it's, roles which is it's getting pretty ugly i mean it's, it's getting pretty ugly it's sort of astonishing to me like if okay for example if they were putting in female roles just to get in female roles and they were poor actresses or they did not fit the role well then okay i guess i understand you know some of the uh, some of the vitriol but carrie fisher is awesome laura dern as um, the admiral in the last movie was mm-hmm. I was thrilled when when she came on screen and then when she was doing her thing I mean she, I bought into her character 100%. She was great and uh the main Yeah, th- th- there was there was only one weird one where like they when everyone was all leaving and she was saying bye to Princess Leia I felt like they were banking too much on an emotional connection to a brand new character there. Uh, yeah, but but I also think that was because, you know, it's kind of just set up the fact that she was about to, you know, die and they want you to feel something for her. Yeah. So I, I get yeah. that. I, but I also understand your point. I think you got to – I'll give you credit on that. And like – and also the thing about um, Rose, the, uh, the Asian-American uh, uh, female lead, she mm-hmm. – um, I actually – I really like her character, although that whole thing in the end with uh, her saving, um, oh god, what's his name? What's his name? The stormtrooper who betrayed, the, the main, he's a main character, uh, Finn. 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 God. Finn. Um, that was difficult. Finn. So um, when she like saves him and everything. I don't think I've gotten a single name right yet. So Yeah, so I'm going to, yeah. Uh, Kyle Wren. Uh, Mr. Kyle. Kyle Darth Vader Kyle. So, <laughs> yeah, like um, when she saves him, I can understand like the beef over that because honestly, that's probably the only part of that movie that I was going, eh, nah. Leave, leave that part on the cutting room floor. But I liked her character overall and they're getting really good performers. So what does it matter? They are, yeah. I mean, if there's one thing I can really say about, and again, part of the reason why this franchise still matters is because the people that they have cast for these roles, and not just the female leads, okay? The um, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren is awesome. It's fantastic. He is, he's arguably a better villain, I'm just going to say it, arguably a better villain than Darth Vader. He's more more complex for sure. 
Well, the, the 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 whole point of Vader was to not be complex. That's why they gave him a faceless mask. Yeah, right. But right. but but as the he was movies... just supposed to be like faithless, faceless, merciless evil. Right. He was a thug. Him. He was a thug essentially. Yeah. I mean, and uh, but but I like the fact that over the course of those first three movies, he's not complex, but there is something. Of an inner there's conflict. An arc too, I'm yeah, sure. there's an arc yeah. and there's redemption and there's inner conflict. But, but with Kylo Ren, like they, they get you thinking at one point he might flip. Right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In that second movie, you're not really sure where he's gonna go. And yeah. and I really appreciated that. And both he and um I can't remember the name of the actress who plays Ray, but she's also Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Excellent actress. Dude, she she is carrying this well i think oh all right and 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 and, all right this reminded me here's the most ridiculous like there's too many women in my star wars take okay because she gets in the lightsaber fight with uh kylo ren in the first movie right people like well she hasn't had any training she shouldn't know how to lightsaber fight blah 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 she shouldn't know how to use the force you're just making her stronger so that like you can have a feminist theme oh i know i know i know i know oh no Oh no no no! I don't want to get into. It's like it's like. Hang on, can we go oh. back to the original trilogy where this dude who had no training is told to turn off his targeting laser? And <laughs> oh my god! And just like feel the presence of guns on the surface and kill them all with impunity. Like, not only do we, do we want to draw comparisons, not only, or how about Anakin Skywalker who just like flies a starfighter into this weird ass thing and blows up the entire droid ship? Oh my god! After pod racing at like super high levels with no training, like, do we want to do we want to go down this road? Yeah. Oh my God! You know what? That's that's infuriating because, just like how Luke was set up in the first movie to be a pilot, you know, he's like, oh yeah, I used to. What is he said? He's like, I used to shoot down womp rats in my N six in my A sixteen or whatever the heck. And then yeah. like yeah. when they go to the Death Star, I mean, they've already set up that he can be a pilot. In the beginning of the Force Awakens, you see Rey walking around all over the place with that staff, and she obviously knows how to use it. Just like she, owning dudes with that yeah, staff. Yeah, she kicks the crap out of um, those dudes in the yeah. market who were trying to attack Finn. And so exactly. it's set up. She knows how to defend herself. Maybe so. maybe if Luke had done more stick fighting, he would have kept his hand. Boom. There you go. That's mm. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, anyways, that, that, so, that just reminded me of like one of the dumber takes along that theme that I've, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... Uh, oh, God, now I'm... See, I'm, I'm getting heated. I, I can't have a discussion. We can't talk about these people. But they are important to this conversation, they I suppose. They are. Because that's... Again, they're taking it very seriously. But they're, they're right from a certain point of view, as Ben Kenobi would say. And they're looking at it from the wrong point of view, in my opinion. Which is which is what Ben Kenobi was saying. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, anyways, okay. So back to like why it still matters. The cast, I think, is a huge thing. My, the minority roles, but and uh, and also the female leads, but also the fact that there's just they're just good. They're they're mm-hmm. actually. You know, one thing that's sort of dogged the franchise, um, even in the original films, is that the acting is not always stellar but in these oh, come on and which i mean you know there, there's in the original film they were good the, the the reboot i mean hayden christensen's career ended on that i like. i know and i actually even i almost to the point where i kind of feel a little bad for him because it almost ruined natalie portman's career and she turned out to be a phenomenal actress i mean black swan is ingrained in my memory for the rest of my life yeah it's it's weird you got to give him good dialogue to yeah, yeah exactly well i mean a direction makes a difference now i mean you know mm-hmm. again hayden christensen uh, the jury's still out on that one i'm not really sure like he's uh 
I, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else, so I'm I can't really say whether or not he's <laughs> exactly. Approved. But but yeah. you're right. In the prequels, it was just awful. Like not even Ewan McGregor could save it. The originals, eh, yeah, you had some good sporadic acting here and there, and also, I mean, most of it was coming from Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford as the greatest. And just rewriting the script on the fly. Oh my God, he, yeah, he was awesome. The, all right, so so just because we got to get to wrapping it up. Yeah, we do. But the Harrison Ford link, I have to say, and this is the coolest part of Solo, entirely believable that he's Han Solo. I watched that. That kid went to school. Yeah. on Harrison Ford. And Han Solo. I watched... Like, just little physical mannerisms. The way he spoke was like... Yeah, yes. 100%. I, I watched... Uh, so I got... Uh, don't tell anybody. I got a bootleg. So I got a bootleg Uh-oh. and I ended up uh, quitting watching it, uh, you know, probably about 15, 20 minutes through. Uh, to the point uh, where he meets uh, Chewie. Okay? Yeah. So, um, but I noticed that. And I noticed right off the bat, I'm like, you know what? I kind of buy him, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and and I'll say this too: the guy who plays Chewie, same thing. Right. Well, <laughs> and that's arguably harder because he is all physical movement, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like somebody else, I think someone else somewhere is doing the growling, but like all of like half of phys- of Chewie's like emoting comes from like subtle head wobbles and stuff. Sure. Well, that's true. And I that's and, true. and I just realized that like I didn't even notice. That for the last three movies, it's been a different Chewbacca. Yeah, I hadn't noticed it at all, to be honest. Right? Wait, none of them and were I mean, Peter obviously, No. Oh, I did not know that. Go figure. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so, okay, anyways, but the casting uh, for these movies, these new movies, are phenomenal. The the I think the actors are all wonderful, and that, like... Mm-hmm. You know that that whole last like lightsaber fight in that uh, in the newest movie in the Last Jedi, like you really feel like they're really the struggling. choreography was amazing. The choreography is not only amazing, but they're also like they're into it. They're they're shouting at the enemies. They're they're, they're you know they're struggling. You feel it, you know. Whereas mm-hmm. like in the prequels, the choreography is fantastic, but. I don't feel anything. I like they don't seem like they're they just seem like they're doing a dance, which is beautiful yeah, to look at. Which they were. They, which they were. They were. That's all. All choreography yeah. is, but mm-hmm. but it's supposed to feel like a fight, not a dance. And in this last right. movie, it felt like a fight, like their lives yeah. were in danger. So that's true. You know, um, these facts, along with the fact that you know. It's the only real science fiction, science fantasy set in space, which I'm a total nerd for anything set in space. And, like, I can't name any other franchise. Maybe Star Trek, but Star Trek is sort of on a decline right now. I don't know, man. I think think the Star Trek reboots have been... have surprised people... Pleasantly surprised people more than the maybe because the the expectations were different. I actually but thought people were like thrilled by the Star Trek reboot. I actually thought the uh, the last one, Star Trek Beyond, was a really good movie, but I know it didn't quite do great financially. Um, right. I think it, it was like the sort of the signal that that franchise is kind of on a slight decline. Um, but it's not even. But it's still. It's not really like space battles. It's more like they land on a planet, they go and investigate stuff, like. Well, it's it, it, it's not a space opera. Yeah, exactly. Like Star Wars the is a space opera. Space opera, yeah. correct, correct. So, I mean, there's no other franchise like that, and I'm and I, that's part of the reason why it remains so important. But there is one picking up though that you should check out, and I'm going to make this my recommendation as we finish up. Okay, um, should the we? The Expanse. Oh yes, God, 
you're the second person in two days to tell me about the expanse let's talk let's let's wait let's bring it up at the end of the episode okay so let's go ahead and move into why we need to stop uh taking like we we just sat here and talked about why star wars is the greatest thing in the world um why it's so important why it matters today now let's end on does it need to be taken so seriously i think it depends on how you frame the question should it be taken seriously as a cultural note yes do people as individuals need to chill out on it yes yes that that's that's the way i'm framing the question does it need to be that like to the point where people are endlessly discussing um as we are going into well over one hour on this episode discussing star wars um well (laughs) so here's the issue i have with how people approach it sure is I think the fans, and we actually discussed this a bit way back when we were talking about Metallica. Mm. Fans feel like they own the work. Oh, yes. Yeah, we did bring that they up. They feel like it's theirs. And like like I said, you know, people say, oh, you know, you're messing with my childhood. You're taking away my childhood. It's like, hold on. All right, your childhood is your childhood. But those movies aren't yours. True. Right? Yep. Artists, artists made the movies. They made the art, but they're not there to serve your childhood. They're there to serve the art and progress the story. And so I think there's a weird sense of ownership over the franchise and the themes that people feel because it's taken so seriously. Right. I, I agree with that. Um, and I, I am sort of guilty of taking these films a bit uh, too seriously, probably from the, like the wrong perspective, because when you were, ju- what you just said, like we feel a sense of ownership of these films when I was recently, so recently, I, I think we talked about this briefly before we started recording. I recently rewatched Return of the Jedi, and it's the first mm-hmm. time I've seen it since, again, uh, probably since I was like maybe 13, 14 years old. It's been a long time. So I'm watching it, and I'm enjoying it. You know, it's it's cool, and and they, I can see where they definitely have upgraded the visuals because it was like one of the special edition ones. I think it was the the Blu-ray, yeah. the Blu-ray version that came out yeah. recently. When it got towards the end of the film, there were some inclusions that made me go, "What?" Were they drop Hayden Christensen? Where? Oh my God! That one was that one is probably the most egregious error. The other one is um, when. Vader looks at the Emperor when he's doing the Force Lightning, and he goes, "No, no!" and like throws him over the cliff or whatever. I, yeah. I, I kind of started laughing because I immediately started thinking of the prequel movies where he goes, "No!" And yeah, exactly. It's so like that scene. I remember. Well, th- there's, th- there's another change they made, and uh, like when they, I don't know, re-edited or re special effect the original trilogy but in the the cantina in the first movie mm-hmm. with han solo and greedo oh god the no green everybody knows guy. that one everybody knows right that han one. shot first han but like i mean that that like beyond you know okay you know we don't own the movie um that is like a substantive character change though it is oh it, it totally is because as a kid yeah. and again like and this is part of why we take it so seriously because it's associated with those formative years, which is part of our identity. So, as a kid, seeing that Han just straight up murders this guy, like you know immediately, there's a real dark streak to Han Solo. Like he may be one of the protagonists, yeah. 
but he is not he's not uh, a you know nice guy all right and he's definitely he's not, not always on the up and up no yeah. he's not always on the up and up and he's definitely has no problem taking a life so when in that third film uh, in return of the jedi when Darth Vader, and I remember it as a kid, I used to think, God, you know, like that scene where the Emperor is basically just torturing Luke, it's a powerful scene because he's totally helpless. And mm-hmm. Darth Vader's just quiet, tacit, but you can see, it's, it's amazing. He's wearing a mask, but you know that there is such conflict there, that he, he's, he's, this change is happening to him, and then he just goes over and just picks him up and throws the emperor down the shaft and it's done without any dialogue that made it really powerful for me as a kid yeah really yeah. powerful so when i saw it recently and i see that they've added in that no or whatever it sort of blew my mind there there, there were some inadvisable detail changes oh, when yeah. they did that yeah quite a few and so how can so and you're right fans don't own the film the film is the it's the product of hundreds and hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, coming together to put together this, this movie, this franchise. And the original vision of director George Lucas and uh, other directors who were at the helm. But if people really don't like changes that are being made, if you really don't like the direction that Star Wars is heading in, there's a simple solution, and it's watch the old movie again <laughs> or well well you can't because i couldn't find any no. of the older versions oh, okay um but uh, no i was gonna say just don't watch the film entirely yeah if you're sick of star wars and part of the reason i didn't see solo it's not really that i had anything against solo i thought it was totally superfluous to tell han solo's origin story but part of the reason i didn't see it is because i feel like and correct me if i'm wrong but didn't The Last Jedi just come out, like, last December? Yes. So, I mean, I'm still sort of... I mean, that was a lot of... The, that was the Last Jedi was not a short movie, and it's definitely not a simple movie. And, 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 and I do think that might be part of why Solo didn't do as well, is the marketing cycle was cut in half. Right. Yeah. Because I, I, I thought we were on this, like, every December thing. I Agreed. Because didn't Rogue One come out in December? Yeah, it was like alternating winter. So it was, you know, seven, Rogue One, eight, and then like Solo a couple months after. Like when it came out, you know, it popped out while I was on my finals. And it like surprised me. I'm like, oh, I, oh yeah, I, I, I guess we have to have that. to go, have to find a time to go watch that. Sure, I guess. like it was just it was off cycle. Yeah, it's off cycle. It, I mean, it's fresh off the hills of Last Jedi, which people are obviously because every, I mean, people are busy loving There's, it, hating it. There's yeah. a lot to unpack there. And also, it's coming out in this season that I think we mentioned at the very beginning of this episode. You've got, you know, Jurassic Park 7. You've got, you know, uh, Avengers 20. There's, uh, you know, all these different movies that are coming out at the same time. Like, you know, so I didn't see it. Uh, I'm I, That's my way of saying I'm not totally pleased with how many of these damn things are coming out, you know. So, yeah. And and that does make me feel worried that there is a certain cash grab motivation going on. Uh, there, well, which, which, which as we which as we said at the top, the franchise had been sort of absolved from. Right, but this is a but this is a Star Wars that exists in a different time period than the original or even the prequels. I mean, yeah. we have so many forms of entertainment now. We have so many ways, so many things that could take our attention away that they sort of have to keep Star Wars. I the the 
people who produce these films and uh, what what's the name of uh, the woman at Disney who basically owns all Star Wars operations um, Kathleen something oh, I don't know Kathleen uh, I think it's Kathleen Turner but she's basically the captain of the ship for all things Star she's Wars she's like the head of LucasArts under yeah, yeah. Disney basically yeah basically um, I feel like she may have it in her mind that if they do not keep this stuff churning out it will inevitably get swallowed up by competitors like the Avengers yeah but then I mean that may be out of their control entirely though so but this is a franchise that goes, has in the past gone decades without movies. And the anticipation when it gets rebooted is huge. Correct. But again... Like, I think this is, this is a franchise where they could go three years between and be fine. Because, I mean, anticipation... I mean, like, I don't know. I think there's a certain amount of wisdom to, like, when everyone goes left, juke right. Sure. All these franchises that are trying to flood the zone and, like... You know, you joke that, like, oh, you know, it's, you know, Jurassic Park 27 and Avengers 153. Like, we still go and see him, sure. But, like, it's kind of getting to the point where people are getting a little tired of it. Yeah, yeah. So if a franchise did switch and be like, you know what? No. We're going to put one out every three, four years, and you're going to be hankering for it when it comes out. I I agree with you. But it, it, but especially since it will have lived over like six Avengers cycles. You, that is correct. Right? That is correct. But I think it'll, it'll feel that each movie will feel feel more dear. I think part of the reason why the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi have been such major successes is because they came off the heels of the prequels, which we know a lot of people, myself included, were not particularly happy with those movies because. Not, not so much because, like, oh, they ruined my childhood or anything. It's just because they were boring, um, frankly. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, they just weren't interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, some cool action scenes here and there, but, boy, that CGI does not hold up. Oof. No. It does no, not. No, it does not. That last one, that last one uh, Revenge of the Sith, the most, uh, like, some of the CGI holds up pretty well, but, I mean, it's just so obvious. I mean, CGI tends not to hold up well. No, no, except for Jurassic Park. Because, like, it, it, well, because eventually your movie gets re-rendered in some new HD, and then you're like, oh. yeah, ooh, that doesn't look as good as I remember. Yeah, no, you, oh yeah, you're yeah. right. Those, uh, like, the newest, uh, like, well, I don't even know what what we're up to now. It's like 4K blue yeah. plasma. Well, because like, I rem- I remember screen. when they first came out, they looked super convincing and fantastic, and then sure, you know, yeah, as TVs got better, it's like, oh man, that. Oof, it looks like there's a cartoon quarter on the screen. Yeah, and it also helps that at the time we had never seen anything like it. Like the episode one right. came out, you, I don't think I had ever seen a fully fleshed out CGI character like walking around. I mean, you know, you saw sure. yeah. Who Framed what Roger Rabbit has cartoons walking around with humans, which is but that's the whole point. That's yeah. the whole point exactly. This was supposed to be like they're they're existing in the same space together. Okay, right, and right. um. And yeah, it just doesn't look good now. It looked good at the time, but yeah, time has passed. So, anyways, well, it's why that's why the original still looks so good is they weren't using computers; they're using models. Right, exactly, exactly. And you can see definitely where they've added in on the newest editions, where they've added in like CGI parts. It's that is the interesting thing to me is like now the loudest, most dated looking special effects are the things they added in like two thousand. Uh, yeah, it's the the. the um, the Death Star scene in the first film, uh, in A New Hope, 
now that they've added the CGI parts, it's so... It looks worse. It looks worse. It's so bizarre. There's like a couple that are pretty subtle, but then there's a few that it looks like a... It looks like a cutscene from a PlayStation game, and it just... Yeah. It's so jarring. I, I Like, I can't understand yeah. it all, but anyways... You so when the Force Awakens came out, it came out of a lot of disappointment, and it was it was helmed by a, a famous director. You had a fresh new cast, like and, and when the George pump, Lucas wasn't at the helm anymore. George Lucas was gone. Tired of him. Yeah, exactly. Like um, everybody's like, thanks for your input. You you did a great job on that first film, but um, you know, let, maybe never direct a movie. Yeah, anymore. yeah. Take a break. <laughs> take take a, take yeah. an extended leave of absence. You know. So, yeah. um, anywho, so I don't know if Star Wars has that anymore because there's not, like, it's basically, it's redeemed itself. I mean, unless the next movie, the episode nine, turns out to be a real stinker, which I highly doubt it will. It's almost like the thinking is that if they don't keep it fresh in everybody's minds, it'll get lost in, like you said, right. you know, like we were talking about, this cluster of uh, other franchises. So, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But all right, so here here's the question I don't want to answer. I just want to leave us with. Sure. They finish episode nine. Should it be done? Should that be close the book on Star Wars? Because they're saying they're looking at like another trilogy after that. Mm-hmm. Is it time to close it? Say the Skywalker story is done. The arc is finished. Well, we'll leave that to the listener to decide. Yeah. And honestly, we probably can't even answer it until nine comes out. Yeah. Because if they just drop us with the biggest, you know, sequel tease, and we go, "Oh my God, I want to know what happens with the great grandchildren," right? Then yeah, then we'll have our answer. I guess. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that is actually something kind of interesting about this. The Last Jedi, though, the Last Jedi doesn't end on like a cliffhanger or anything. It's more of like a. You know, there's a there's a real sense of kind of closure at the end of that movie. Like, um, I, I mean, a lot of stuff has been blown apart, but there's I'm not sure if I'm. There's a huge question left in my mind, which is, Princess Leia is still alive in the movies. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a little. Yeah, I don't know how they're gonna do that. Yeah, I, I left the movie in the back of my mind. I'm like, I bet you the writers, right now, feel like they killed off the wrong Skywalker. Yeah, I know. It's it's definitely weird, especially because they sort of developed her character even more in the Last Jedi. They did like yeah, a lot, I, like, like that whole I'm thing. Way, I'm way more interested in where she was going. Well, yeah, like uh, especially with that whole like she got shot out into space and then she came back to life. I, I, like that. That was weird. That was that that was like that was the one moment in the movie where I was like, I don't know. And I I almost wonder if they added that later is like this is our monument to Carrie Fisher. It's just like. Because they just went super beautiful cinematography. Uh huh. For a moment there, she was floating in the ice and the glass and all that. Yeah. Just to me, I was like, okay, so like that's we're putting that in the front of the tombstone, I guess, is what this is. Um, but just like in in the scope of the movie, and then she just like magnets herself back to the ship. Yeah. I'm like, Hold on. The, what little I know about space is that's not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and she's like, yeah, that, that was definitely, there's a, there's more than a few questionable points in the movie for me, but that definitely ranks among the top things. That was up there. And, uh, and I, I, just, I think they were doing it because she, because Carrie Fisher passed away. Yeah. But then why bring her back onto the ship? Like, I mean, like, well, because she's still I, like, I think they added that, you know, kind of late in the process, 
where the plot was already dependent on her through the entire thing. Like, you can't just reshoot the movie. Yeah, I, I guess. Or, I mean, beyond reshoot it, they would have to rewrite the movie. So I think they just kind of threw that one in there as, like, a head nod. But anyways. Eh, I mean, well, yeah, we, it'll, be, we it'll be interesting to see how they... It'll be interesting to see how that's handled going forward. Godspeed, Carrie Fisher. She was awesome. Yeah. Speaking of other awesome people uh, from that original trilogy, she's definitely... Uh, She's another interesting individual. So, oh, she was, yeah, she was, is, and forever will be. Uh, so hey, let's uh, we're wrapping this up. So, uh, boy, it was nice to uh, nerd out on some Star Wars, you know? Yeah, it's been a bit, it's been a bit. Um, so you got a couple of uh, recommendations for us here as we uh, close out today's episode? Uh, the Expanse, the Expanse. Well, while, while we're talking about space, the Expanse, um, series of books that are really really good uh then adapt into a tv show on sci-fi sci-fi dropped it it will now be going to amazon i think the first couple seasons are available on amazon right now um it's just it's you know we talk about how there's like idealism in star wars and you know there's that star trek thing of you know we went to space and then humans got along so well we never need money ever again um the expanse is like taking a bit of a more cold hard reality look at it mm-hmm uh, it's also, I think, well, it, it's just gotten a lot of praise for being one of the most technically sound science fiction, you know, series. Um, we're not going faster than light. It takes months to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that there's like acceleration and deceleration is really interesting. Uh, the way that they actually wind up fighting in space is like, okay, that makes sense. Like, you can't use a gun that, because of Newton's third law, will rocket your ship the other direction. Mm-hmm. So you have to find a way to propel something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the big strategic fear isn't a nuclear warhead. It's somebody towing an asteroid out and dropping it on Earth. Oh, God. So, like the bugs of yeah. Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, there's stuff like that that's a little more realistic. But then into this entire mix, we're dropping some alien stuff nobody understands. And it's just like watching all the humans try to cope with it in all their fashion factions um people have described it as like game of thrones in space and i think that's not quite true but also probably the closest comparison you can make and it's also a comparison that's going to get people immediately to watch it yes uh, also because george R. R. martin endorsed it so oh well then there you go. for yeah. the man himself I'm just, from the man himself the he man needs himself. to stop endorsing books and start writing one well, anyways, uh, but okay, The Expanse. That's uh, yeah. We'll put that on the list. I've been told quite a bit about that show. So, so what, what recommendation do you have for us? Uh, my recommendation is uh, a recommendation that I believe you gave me a little ways back, and I finally got around okay. to uh, watching it. The Looming Tower. Yeah. Yes, The Looming Tower. Uh, so, for those of you, that that, that might be worth. An episode. That, all on its own. Yes, I agreed. I have to go back to read the book again. It's been a long time since I've read the book, um, but I watched the TV show and it made me remember a lot. So, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, the Looming Tower is essentially um, th- this. It was recently made. It was a book. It was recently made into, uh, I guess, a one series, uh, sort of well, mini series. It was a mini series yep. on Amazon or what? Uh, it was on Hulu, I think. Hulu, correct. So, by the way, I said miniseries and my Siri woke up. Oh, oh. 
Yeah, you got to be careful about them series. It's kind of funny. So, it was a Hulu miniseries that uh, discusses and basically chronicles the events that led up to 9-11. Um, yeah. You know, the, the from the bombing of... Uh, uh, what is the, the coal the embassy bombing? The embassy, oh, and the, coal, the, the yeah. Kenyan, yeah, the Kenyan embassy bombing and the coal and just the uh, the movements of these Al Qaeda uh, operatives who got into the U.S. and you know we're taking the the infamous stories of them taking the flight school lessons and not wanting to learn how to land. Anyways, it goes through all that. It is driven by an excellent, excellent cast, including the powerhouse yeah. Jeff Daniels. Jeff yep. Daniels. He is just killing it. These he's good. like he's he keeps starring in these uh, roles where you know it's in like sort of political dramas a lot of the time. You know, like stuff like the newsroom, Good Night and Good Luck, um, now the Looming Tower. He's just he's awesome. He's really really good as uh, John O'Neill in this series. So yeah. Give it Who's a watch. A wild character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, I, I don't remember some of those details about his character from the book. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, highly recommended. It's not going to give you the warm and fuzzy feelings. And uh, that last no. episode uh, regarding uh, September 11th is a. It's rough. It's a doozy. Yeah, that one. That one. Boy. There's a lot of uh, unresolved issues I feel like we have as a nation um, regarding No, yeah, I mean, just, I'll, I'll just say now, like, a lot of the um, failures that led to that happening um, aren't the ones that really entered the, the zeitgeist of conversation. Yeah. Um, so a, a lot, there are some that got addressed, but, I mean, the 9-11 report is hundreds of hundreds of pages. Oh, we yeah. We haven't worked our way through most of what that said, and I think the miniseries highlights a lot of the issues that people may have been less aware of pretty well. Highlights a lot of the issues that either people are less aware of or issues that people are aware of, they just don't want to face it because facing it would mean some terrible truths. Um, Yeah. So, anyways... Um, it's good. It's good. I, I do think that's probably worth an episode at some point. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and just to wrap up this episode and to tie the Looming Tower to uh, Yoda, which is the last thing I wanted to do, but it's it feels inevitable at this point. Uh, you know, when we were talking earlier in the episode about the fundamentalist uh, sort of, you know, a, <laughs> yeah. a tag, you know, where, where they were uh, talking about the sacred Je- Jedi texts, and he's like, oh, so you read them all. It reminded me of uh, the Looming Tower a little bit because you know when he when he's talking to one of the Al Qaeda operatives and he's preaching the good word of the Quran, which says to expel the Jews and the Christians from the Holy Land, um, and he's like, "Oh, it says that in the Quran." Yeah, no, it doesn't. And he starts reading to him <laughs> from the Quran and basically throws the the Quran into this operative's face. And yeah, I I, I found that to be a very poignant moment. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that's it for us here at uh, Thought Sui. We're gonna be yeah. we're gonna be coming at you uh, again very soon. I hope. Well, soonish. Soon. Soonish. Soonish. <laughs> and uh, we might be going through uh, some changes here. So stay tuned. We'll give you more info. Again. Yeah. Some more changes again. We change. We're like Star Wars. We change all the time. 
Every episode we change. Every episode. It's going to be a completely different feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the meantime, uh, take it easy. Enjoy uh, living the dream wherever you may be in this big world of ours. My name is Greg. This is Michael. And we'll see you all on the next one. See you.